position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, and welcome to episode number 332 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this uh, Saturday, March 6th of March at 17.42pm. Ghost time, ghost goes for the most. That would, of course, make it for our sequel friends 2021-0306, our first episode of March, I think. Well, anyway, Crack Engineer, I want Melina over there in the booth holding up the whiskey sign. I think that's a good idea. Mm. Yes! Alright. Oh, she's got a great ass! Alright, so. Let's get straight to our stop. Mr. Jones. You call him Dr. Jones, doll. Kid, it's, it's me. Um, straight to our top stories. I have you're fired. Mm. First off, Valheim, which, ooh, what was it? 
three or four weeks ago, I said would be the sleeper hit of 2021, even though we are only in the nascent early parts of 2021. Um, it ain't going anywhere. It, it depends on where they are in the, uh, it, in their actual development roadmap, but this is a team of five guys who have now made I don't know if it's it's not necessarily gaming history history, but these are five fucking guys with no promo budget who are selling on average a million copies of this game a week. They have hit five million sold. So, 30 that means they are now out of the 30% bracket for Steam's cut. So we're talking about every one of them is now just making fucking gravy net at 20 bucks, $19.99 it's great also in Valheim news I've decided that I'm no longer because I play alone 98% of my time I spend playing alone all my worlds, I build everything there I play alone sometimes I bring someone else in for like a minute or whatever to give them shit but generally, I've been playing with Casimirez on his server. There, I don't play alone. But I've decided after a hundred fucking hours of this game, 104.3 hours, that because I play alone, it is fair to use the world swap trick. Now, what is this? For those of you who disagree with me, you can feel free to play however the fuck you want. But a hundred hours alone has taught me that it is basically Valheim is essentially impossible alone unless you use this abusive trick. And I hope the developers will not pull it. I'm sure they designed the game knowing that this was possible. And I... So, the core problem with Valheim not a problem with the game, but the core conflict of Valheim is simple. You want to be stronger than your enemies. You want to be stronger. You want to be able to carry more. You want to be able to take more damage and do more damage than your enemies. And by quote, quote unquote, your enemies, I don't just mean like one enemy. I mean like you want to be able to withstand easily a hundred enemies in the course of like one day's outing and by day I mean like you know two hour long period if you're exploring um, which makes it problematic to get back to your base if ever because sometimes there's not a straight line sometimes you have to ford rivers sometimes you know blossom and especially because if you're exploring and you end up with like a world like I did, by the way my world, see we're gonna open Valheim right now, cause I gotta memorialize this for forever my main world seed my first world seed was very aptly chosen by me and this was on this was the week I wanna say Valheim launched my world seed is for my main world fuck your mama blaster PR very apt 
Fortunately, this resulted in a jagged, fucked up, messed up world for my first world. And it's... After 104 hours, I've discovered that it's impossible, especially if you want to uh, advance further into the game beyond the Elder. It really is impossible, and an impossible waste of time and your resources and efforts to try to play the game within the game. Um, in terms of one thing, and that's ore harvesting and movement. Ore can't be brought through portals. Neither can ingots. Neither can bars. The bars that you make out of ore. It can't be moved through portals. So that means that means a lot of problems. Because what I spent this week doing was trying to find the traitor in my Valheim world. And I've been everywhere man, I've been everywhere in my world so deciding that at 100 hours well, not it was more like 95 hours I was like, you know what, fuck this if I can't find this guy because I had exhausted my main landmass and all adjacent landmasses and he's just not there for me I learned that you can use a standard seed, a standardized world seed, create a new world, load your character into that world with the standardized seed, and from there, you can follow the directions of whoever created the standardized seed, whoever posted it to Reddit or Kotaku or wherever the fuck. I can't remember where I I found my world seed that actually worked. I had to go through two that didn't. You can follow the instructions and then get to a trader fairly easily retaining your same character. And then I thought, you know, now that I can carry 150 extra pounds, and now that I don't have to spend half of my life trying to fucking hunt for lizard people, the necks, so that I can have necktails at all times, now I can just go fishing like a normal human fucking being, because the the, uh, armor edition that allows you to carry 150 extra pounds, which by the way is an enormous game changing thing especially for solo players and should be like the the developers, if I have one massive critique it's that it shouldn't take me 100 hours of exploration and a seed to someone else's game where they wrote out the instructions as to how to get from world spawn to the merchant which mercifully in this seed it spawns very close to uh, the world spawn in order for me to be able to fish that would have taken 30 hours out of as a solo player of my game other thing it also would explain to many other players who have no idea what they're whether or not they should save gold and rubies and amber and amber pearls or what they're used for um because especially considering that already in solo play you are locked into a really pretty hardcore life or death struggle and that never goes away really i mean like you can mitigate it to a massive extent 
you know, near your main settlement where uh, obviously you have your forge, your kiln, and your smelter, or, or plural of there, thereof, but you still need to move ore to there. And so having this item that gives you which I think is a stingy number, it should be 200, it gives you 150 extra carry pounds before you become over encumbered. Only buy this from the merchant, and there is no way to find the merchant. When I ran IHC and I created Questlandia, one of the cool things that I came up with was the idea of a fuzzy compass. And a fuzzy compass is a compass that works like a radio. Meaning that instead of... So so here's the game problem I was trying to solve. And this is fundamental game problem to Valheim. And I'm surprised that they have yet to arrive at this solution. So in Questlandia, I'm putting away my book because now we're talking about the IHC times here. I'm putting away my iPad with the show notes. So Ivor, you're fired! You should not let that happen because we're supposed to get out of here in under 30 minutes. So in Questlandia, the idea was that you are in a whole new world. You have to go there with a compass. You can't get in without a compass. You also have to find the the entrance to Questlandia. But there are riddles and there are clues, and they are extremely they were extremely hard and etc. But anyway, once you got into Questlandia, here was my problem. This is a new player in a story-driven world that has no other characters. That was my problem. That was my first problem. My second problem was more fundamental mechanic-wise, and this is where Valheim clicks in. I wanted to be able to, without revealing any aspect of the map, because that's the fun of Questlandia, is it should feel like your own adventure so everything that you achieve in Questlandia was meant to be your own achievement, your own personal achievement, you outsmarted Questlandia and every every major step in Questlandia that you accomplished from finding the entrance to it which existed in our main server spawn right in plain sight but was so hard to find People quit. I mean, fucking dozens and dozens and dozens of people quit. Because there was one rule of the Questlandia. If you found the entrance and you ever told anyone else where the entrance was, you were banned for life. If you ever told anyone anything about anything that happens in Questlandia in terms of overcoming any of the obstacles, banned for life. You ever accompany anyone in Questlandia banned for... Yeah. So, here was the problem, though. I have these huge worlds that I created for Questlandia, starting with a jungle world. And when I say huge, I mean it's a full Minecraft world running on a 3,000-slot server. Um... So once you found the portal in, I wanted you to be on this tiny island reading this logbook, the same logbook that brought you to Questlandia and finding the subsequent chapter once you are there, and having no idea 
where you are, what the fuck you're doing, where you should go, but your little mind should have been struck a flame and asunder with the awesomeness of this because just finding the entrance to Questlandia meant that everything that's in the books that I was leaving around was actually true and it was doubly confirmed by this new entry that you find the second you enter Questlandia so now I wanted to direct players without showing them the map and without giving them literally an XY coordinate value I wanted to have something where they would experience real exploration towards a directive towards like a, an actual quest item that I couldn't show them the path to and that there was no path for what do I mean by that well I picked the spawn and I terraformed all of by the way it's a whole fucking world I mean like it would take you um except for how deadly I made this world if you were like you know a super god or you know if you're like me um and could fly in the world it takes 45 minutes flying from where you spawn to where you actually need to leave that world to actually get to the first destination which is supposed to be some sort of ruined temple or something that the guy is searching for now I didn't want to put that as a pin on a map especially because I couldn't really um, this is you know 10 years ago this is a long time ago um, Joe Baca is like 22 he's going to graduate from college next year he was 12 when I met him so what I came up with was this idea of a fuzzy compass and a fuzzy compass works like a radio the same way that you can tune into a radio frequency and kind of hear the frequency when it's weak and then keep tuning until like when you think it's strong but then tune past it that was what I made that was how I made compasses in that world work and so if you just went straight towards where the compass pointed you it was impossible because you couldn't fly you had to travel over land over rivers over the ocean but if you were dead on to where the compass led it didn't glow or didn't you know do anything but you could see by how fast it 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 switched from perfect transmission to no transmission because that meant you were standing right next to the antenna and that meant this is the cave and then you went in and this was this was not procedurally generated um but the portions of Questlandia that were essential story portions to the game were re- not regenerated but like refilled like there were items in chests they were refilled for other people you would never see them again this is how Borderlands works more or less these days but this was kind of before Borderlands really 
formalize that approach. Anyway, what Valheim needs is the ability to, in-game, make a fuzzy goddamn compass. Or like a magic stick, a dowsing wand, whatever. And you should be able to make it and it should point you to the merchant. And that way, it won't take a hundred hours before you can carry another 150 pounds comma know where the merchant is comma know that there is a merchant comma um, know that you need to save all those gold rubies amber and amber pearls comma and that there are massive game changing improvements that are fundamental to your future in the game especially playing solo um like the fishing rod and fishing bait, two items which you can only purchase from the merchant, who is supposed to spawn near your world spawn, but he was... I've not found him in my first world yet. So, I... One night, I... This week, I fired up someone else's seed because I could not find him in my world, and uh, Blaster PR fucked me over last week with his fucking world and I have nothing to say about him um and he can go fuck himself that's what I have to say about him uh and so that sucked so I had to do it myself so I I, uh, spawned a world from someone else's world seed and then followed the instructions I couldn't find their merchant in that seed, so I did it again with someone else's seed and someone else's set of instructions, and bam, there's the merchant. And it took like the first case, it took like an hour and a half. In the second case, it took mm, thirty minutes because I created new characters <laughs> for both of those, not wanting to risk losing my character in a world that I would never return to which is not a a scenario that, that actually makes any sense but I was really stoned and really high and, and I decided that it was time for efficiencies to be taken because I'm one guy I can't find the merchant and the difference between 150 difference between being able to carry 300 pounds of shit versus 450 is life changing, and I I say it should be uh hundred. It should be two hundred. That's an item you can only get from the merchant. So I found the merchant. Then I began building a settlement. Then I logged out, logged back in to that world as myself from my main game with resources from my main game. Set up a whole fucking portal system from right at world spawn to right where the merchant is built a whole fort right there and then began plundering for resources and here's the thing if you have other people who play with you this will ruin your game and it's kind of by design it will ruin your game I do not regard it as cheating but here's how my time in Valheim now works especially because due to having no one there to help me with anything, if I die I have to go back and get my corpse 
from someplace else. All of my shit was impossible to get because I had to do it all by myself. I had no one helping me. Took a hundred hours. So that's a big disincentive for exploration. It's also a big disincentive for taking any sort of massive Viking risks unless you've already taken massive Viking precautions. Massive Viking precautions like building a an entire fortified base outside of um, like say the Elder that took me a day. Probably took me like three hours but it, you know it's that's the better part of my game day. Like you know I don't have infinite time to And that, and why did I, why did I do that? Because I read that the elder will kill you, and blah 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 blah. He almost did. I killed him with my next to last arrow, but I, I killed him on my first try. That's a static thing, though. That's a boss. That is a guy that's marked on your map. The rest of the game is not marked on your map, and so if you have to go explore, like real explore, and I'm not talking about over land. I'm talking about over a sea. You have to take significant risk of never being able to recover anything that you lose, of never being able to recover because if you're doing this alone, it's super hard. And also, most of all, you have to take the stupidest risk in the game which I do not understand. You can build two types of ships before you enter the Iron Age. I don't know if there's any ships in the Iron Age, but you can build two types. You can build a raft which is a very sturdy looking raft with an oar and a fucking single sail raft. It's great. Made out of tree trunks as thick as I am in real life. And rafts are super easy to make. Like They're very low level resource intensive. Or you can make a carve which is like a Viking longboat for like five to seven people. The carve has a little storage hatch. It only has four fucking storage slots alright yeah I guess this will be our whole I was going to tell you all about our game of the week this week which is teardown but I want to doesn't matter you can go look at the teardown video this is I guess we're just going to freewheel it this is blah we have a deals thing this week pick up Sticks Master of Shadows which is 90% off at $2 now through March 8th that's the day after tomorrow it's a great stealth game also launched this week Loop Hero which is 15% off it's a Devolver Digital title through March 11th uh, $12.74 and then Teardown through March 8th is 20% off $15.99 pick it up watch the video um, for teardown, it's super cool. So back to my point. There we go. That's the whole show. There's not going to be a feature because evidently we just I can't be controlled. So here's the deal. If you can't find the merchant in your world, and should the first thing you should have to find in your world is the merchant. Because the difference for me between carrying a hundred and... There are no ships that can carry ore. Okay? Think about that. Ore cannot be moved through portals. 
Ingots cannot be moved through portals. Ingots are only marginally less heavy than the ore. Ore normally weighs 8 pounds per unit. Without the special thing that the trader will sell you, that gives you an extra 150 carry capa- 150 pounds of carrying capacity, and don't get me started as to whether or not the Vikings used the metric or the uh, imperial system, because it's a trick question. He's the Viking system, which is as much as they could carry. And that equals one Viking. Um... Here's the bottom line. In my world, it is impossible to move ores to where I have. I have tons of cores, by the way. Certainly cores, which you can use to make forges and kilns, but there's no point in making unforging kiln at an auxiliary base because you're going to strip mine that whole place anyway. And so it's going to run out of resources eventually. And that just means you have to tend two sets of forge of, of smelters and kilns. The kilns are what give you the the um, charcoal, and the smelters what give you is what gives you the bars after you feed it the raw ore. Ten units at a time. It's hard enough to keep track of one set of kiln and smelter I have to go through a portal to another place where I'm gathering all the ores it would be fine to have a kiln and smelter there but I can't take the the bars, the refined ore through a portal anyway so my first thought was, okay, well, we'll use boats. Vikings used boats. Vikings hugged the coasts. And they used boats. And so I built a carve, and that was two weeks ago. Four slots of storage on a carve which can seat eight fully fucking loaded Viking men each with about 300 encumbrance apiece. So 2,100 you know, whatever pounds of possible encumbrance and you give me four slots. So that means that we can't use the ocean. So for five days from last week into this week, I spent all of my time building a road. Not just building a road, but building a system because I had mined everything everywhere. I'd also discovered a new world that was and with the wind at your back, it's like 20 minutes away from my main base. But the wind's not at your back, not out of the bay. And coming back, you're flying into the eye of the wind. You're running right into the eye of the wind for a good portion of the time. So it's significantly slower, the return trip. And you can't use your boat to move oars anyway. So that limited uh, me to my actual physical encumbrance 
which is 300 pounds. And anyway, so I spent a lot of time thinking about this because I had to. And so here was my process. I mined the ore where the ore is, which was on this big landmass, separated by like a causeway and an islet and just enough uh, ocean for you to drown in and literally drown in and not reach the other side. So I built a base on one side. Then I built a bunch of rafts. Then I built inside of that base storage chest for the ores. And I went and got the ores. And like generally every two days, I would have, you know, maybe 1,800 pounds of ore. So then I would start breaking up the ore into separate stacks in my chest and then moving each stack that I could carry the max amount because you cannot use the rudder of a raft if you're over encumbered which makes no sense because all you have to do is stand there and hold on to the tiller but it won't let you then I had to do the 10 minute ferrying job across this treacherous little thing to my other base on the other side there I loaded the oars again into a separate base. So there's two bases that are like right next to each other. They both have to be equally well defended. That's stupid and very difficult to do. Etc. There are portals on both sides of this river, by the way. But they're useless. So then once I've made it, t- it took me the last time three hours to shuttle all the ore from one side of these two bases to the other. That other base is 45 minutes, not 45, it's about 20 minutes straight run, but it's not a straight line because it's in the Black Forest, so it's all of these mountainous bullshit, you know, blah to the base that's exactly equidistant between my main base and the base where I first would bring the ore. So this is now a very long involved process. So what I did was I made half a road to get out of the most tricky and difficult part of the second base's, you know, blah. Kept using it as a staging area until I was loaded up with ore. This took two days. Then I brought through a portal brass nails and made a cart there. I loaded up the cart with all of the ore that I couldn't carry on my fucking boat, which makes no sense. I can make a cart. I can carry this shit. I can't make a boat though. And I can't run the boat when I'm over encumbered. Okay. These are not like huge problems for anyone else, but everyone else has like 17 people on their fucking in their fucking game. I'm alone. So all of this, any of this goes wrong, I have to fix it myself. So anyway, build a cart through, I'd say, a quarter of the Black Forest portion of the run. After that, you still get caught on shit, but it's not all uphill, downhill, uphill, downhill. It took me a day to make that entire portion of that road. A whole day. Took me like seven hours. It was a long time. So I did two runs of this. 
And I discovered that it takes 45 minutes in a cart to get to my main base from that secondary base over land. That is completely unacceptable. Everyone else is just getting all this fucking ore. They're daisy-chaining each other. Makes total sense. It's what I would do. Say we're doing an ore operation. I would fucking everyone would chop down every tree in that forest. We would just make a walking riverboat like New Orleans um, in the 1840s. Walking riverboat, river rafts, and we would firemen carry all of the ore across that whole thing like ants and then we would all divide the ore and we would all go as one over land without carts because carts are bullshit and I don't recall Vikings ever having carts which is okay I'm just talking about like this is this is the reality of this game if you're playing it solo it's an unacceptable reality much easier here's my process now I start with my main character in my main world in my main base standing right by my smelter I log out and make sure that he has all the food and everything that he needs and then I log out log into the world where I have the merchant or any other world for that matter I go in any direction until I find more black forest and then I start gathering ore I generally start along the coastline I'll just gather all the tin as soon as I am over encumbered by the way, difference between 300 and 450 pounds of encumbrance is night and day when you're gathering ore and it took me 100 hours before I could get the item that gave you that extra 150 pounds if I'd had it 70 hours earlier, 80 hours earlier like I should have had if he had spawned closer to where my world spawn was I would have known, I would have discovered him way sooner and let's say I discovered him at hour 30 instead of at hour 100 if I discovered him at hour 30 instead of hour 100 I would be 7 times far farther in the game with more resources in the first 20 hours it's that simple it's that big of a difference especially if you're playing alone and that's a shame because a game is pretty much impossible alone unless you do this so I start in my main world with my main character Scooby Sprite standing right by my forge with the food that he would need and all my tools are repaired and everything is good to go and I'm super light I have got like you know 90 pounds of encumbrance and shit on me my arrows my food my armor my fishing rod my bait and my Megadora Nord or whatever that lets me, my, my back brace lets me carry an extra 150 pounds I log out I log in with that same character in any other world usually right where I left uh, my mining op half undone I can immediately, I switch to the pickaxe and begin you know cleaning up the ore mining the ore second, like, so 10 minutes later, the second that I'm over-encumbered or I'm reaching encumbrance limits, I don't have to worry about marking this place. I don't have to worry about unmarking it. That's a big problem in my main world because I had to fucking rely on my own navigational shit. 
and the problem with that is you have to remember to unmark your shit when it's exhausted, like when you've depleted a copper repository or you've, you know, with coastlines you can just tell by looking at the map because it shows you where you've been and you know that you've been all the way around that coastline so there's no more tin there but copper deposits and tombs and stuff like that you know, you have to mark them because in this game they won't let you take ore through portals or put them on boats same with the refined products from those same products I log out of that secondary world I'm back to the Valheim title screen I once again select the same character that I was using, Skooky Sprite and then I move him to spawn in my main world where he's standing right by the forge and all the storage for my ore I load up the forge, I make sure that it's got coal in it, even though it doesn't run when I'm away in my other world, it's good practice and it's the best practice I fill, I ditch all of the ore and everything that I've just mined, and it's basically just ore if I have uh, any cores or anything else that I've, you know, looted from uh, troll tunnels or any currency or burial chambers I go the five steps inside my house and I put all that shit in a chest that's right at that door and then I walk back outside, log out, log back in to the other world all of this takes under like minus the you know distribution of the inventory takes about one minute like for me to just switch worlds takes one minute this means I can explore other worlds free from the worry of death because my character's a badass um and free from having to worry about the impossibility which at this point is now sheer and onerous not just onerous like I mean if I die it takes it it takes several hundred units of bronze to make all of my armor and all of my equipment and then to upgrade all of the above takes hundreds of units of bronze it takes me without using this system takes me a week at best to make half as much one third as much bronze as needed to to replace everything should I have lost it everything in my personality kit everything that I actually wear and use so there's no way of creating a second set because I have other things that I want to do I don't want to just spend my life fucking trying to maintain you know my single character and stuff so that's what I've been doing and it is so much better anyone wants to call it an abuse of the system I'm going to bet you a thousand dollars that they've never done anything on their own Catch you next week with Teardown. That's the volume update. Be sure to pick up Sticks, Master of Shadows, one of the best games, best stealth games. It's got like science and magic that's like, it's got magic that works like science and stuff. So it's almost like a science fiction fantasy game where you play as Sticks, the Master of Shadows. It's one of the best stealth games uh, since uh, Thief 2, the original Thief 2. And it is 90% off, $2 now through March 8th. Catch you next week. Bye-bye. Four or five times. A good idea. Four or five times.
Hi there. There is delight in doing things right four or five times. It is I, E.B. Farnham. Maybe I'll cry. I'll get you a drink. And if I die, I'm gonna try four or five times. Do you like to play? We like to play. I like you. We like to sing. It only runs on Linux. We like to go. Yada yada yo. Four or five times. We're gonna have such fun. Bebop one. You're becoming hysterical. Bebop two. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Bebop three. Yada yada yee. Four or five times. Matt Damon. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous, fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farnham. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.